Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily, and joining us on the show is Nick out of the UK. What's going on, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing very good. That's good to hear. I you know we're definitely excited to, to have you on today, but before we dive into the nitty gritty of how you run your, first tell us a little bit about the business, how you describe that to people, and what made you want to start your gym in the first place? All right. Um, well, as, as I said, you know, my name is Nick and I'm from nnpersonaltraining.co.uk. And uh, so when I started out, you know, I, I wanted to do, um, I started out in a very bad place. Um, we'll go into it more later, but basically um, uh, I was teaching martial arts for many years and I got a really bad injury. And when that got, the martial arts kind of got taken away from me with that injury and I gained a lot of weight, got out of shape and was very unhappy uh, for a long time. And then uh, one day I was in the kitchen with my mom and she actually said to me, what's wrong? And I said, I hate the direction my life is going. I don't like me. And so she said, uh, I always remember it. It always makes me slightly emotional. She said, I love you, but you're not the man you're supposed to be. And you're not going the direction you're supposed to go. And I think that really, really applies in the health and fitness industry. Um, from that point onwards, what I realized was I needed to, um, I needed to change the direction I was going. As my mom said, I need to, learn and so i got in shape i lost five stone um i started out i'm, I'm going slightly off tangent as i said um but uh, one of the things i found was i really started focusing on the wrong things like too much cardio and eating loads of chicken and salad and all that kind of stuff and so i had this long experience not only of having the weight but also um trying to transform my body to what i wanted it to be so a lot of experience myself and down that road, I met a coach um, and I uh, learned a lot from him. And I realized that I wanted to be a personal trainer myself. You know, I always felt like I had this connection with teaching and I wanted to help others because I went from a place of real sadness and depression and anxiety yeah. to this really long journey because it is a lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, getting and, and, and getting what you want out of this. So to, to end my my rambling story, um, I wanted to be a personal trainer. I wanted to help others. I wanted to be self-employed. Um, I really, I tried working with gyms and it didn't really connect with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I found there was a little bit too much politics sometimes. Nothing against gym owners. I, I actually got asked the other day, would I uh, like to run a big full-time commercial gym? And I actually said no, um, because I think um, I like the individuality of working with people mm-hmm. and um yeah to get my business going i wanted to help others that was the main reason i started yeah so i mean would you say that your drive to help other people came from the injury and then you also uh losing five stones by the way for the american listeners including myself five stones what is that it is can you convert that for us uh echo <laughs> five stone in pound uh, in kilograms we could, yeah, we could go kilograms. 70 pounds. 70 pounds. Uh, sorry, 70 kilograms. There we go. About 70 kilograms. Echo. 
What's five stone in kilogram? Five stone is about 32 kilograms. There you go, 32 wow. kilograms. Gotcha. So you lost about 70 pounds. There you go. If that's you pick up the one of the biggest dumbbells you can find in the gym, <laughs> that's pretty much what I lost. That's the way I always explain it to clients. Okay. Okay, man, that's, that's a really cool story. Um, so what would you say is the most challenging part about running a business and also the most rewarding aspect? Um, I would say that running a business, the most challenging part of it is definitely, especially if you are running it privately, um, is the reaching of clients, you know, uh, uh, getting out there and finding people. Um, you know, just because someone has a shop front, people will see that shop front over and over and over again. Eventually, they just, they don't see it anymore. You know, um, reaching people, I think, has been the most challenging thing. My partner actually runs um, a, a business called beautybynatalia.co.uk, and um, she has the exact same problem. She's private. She loves what she does, but she has trouble reaching people. So I think that's the biggest one is reaching people. Um, sometimes personal training is a bit of a dirty secret. So people don't always post on social media or talk about their experience, which is very frustrating. Um, but the most rewarding part of it is, is absolutely 110% is changing people's lives for the long term. It's not um, for me, I don't do like six weeks with a person. You know, a lot of people do these six weeks programs where you can lose 10 pounds. It's like, great. Yeah, six weeks. But then after that six weeks, what did you learn? Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is to help people to build a lifestyle. So they understand this is, this is a, a lifelong thing because there's no point signing up with someone, doing it for six weeks, and then all you've lost is 300 pounds in money. <laughs> you haven't lost any pounds whatsoever or maybe you've lost that 10 pounds but then you're going to go back to the way you were so so to get back to your question reward is definitely um is doing what i did changing my lifestyle changing the direction of my life and helping people to have longer healthier happy lives and yeah look so it really sounds like you have like a really big focus on sustainability with the clients that you do have now so talk to us about, I know that you said one of your biggest challenges is reaching people, but how did you get the clients that you have now in the door? And how are you, and are you in a place where you feel like you want to grow and reach more people? Uh, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, <laughs> uh, to, um, so th there's various different ways that I actually reach people. Um, obviously, word of mouth is a massive part of it, but if you haven't got the clients, then word of mouth is going to be uh, limiting. Um, I do use um, uh, social media, um, but a lot of people think that social media is going to do everything for them. Mm -hmm. um, the, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was to write down 10 ways that you promote. And they have to be 10 different ways. So say, for example, a lot of people will go, oh, well, I'll contact this company and I'll get business cards and posters and leaflets. No, that's just one. Okay, that's physical marketing items. And i tell you what, I bet our listeners will understand this if they're personal trainers or coaches. You've got a box of promotional items, cards, leaflets, business, whatever it is, in a box somewhere. And they're not reaching anyone in that box. So um, write down 10 ways you promote. Well, that's how I did it. Write down 10 ways you promote and try to make sure you've got 10 different ways you're reaching people. Um, uh, I use uh, companies. 
um, that reach people. Um, uh, so uh, online websites that uh, are very good on the Google searches. Obviously, we've got a website which we uh, uh, constantly update with new stuff. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you know, all those different ones. And uh, one trick that we use is we link all of them with an app so that when we post to one, it posts to all of them. Some people who are following all of them will be like, oh, you just see the same post over and over again. Yeah, but we're trying to reach people. So to bring it back, uh, you know, marketing, reaching people, finding as many ways to market as possible, word of mouth, um, and also thinking about how to utilize, how you can utilize your clients to market in the future. So say, for example, I will always do uh, before and after pictures with clients. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, when they first do it, they'll go, oh, I don't want to do pictures. I don't want to see what I look like. Yeah, but the point is we want to see what you look like so that you can see what you look like by the end. And if they get a really great before and after picture, I will ask that client if I can then promote that online. Yeah. And um, uh, I find that really, really useful. You know, a lot of people really see the difference. And also when I get a new interest person, I'll send them before and after pictures of clients of a similar age, similar lifestyle. And we've got 125 transformations so far. And so we have a lot of you know, options to do that. Um, and the other thing I would definitely say is to remember to follow up. You know, once you get a contact, they're like, they're like a fish on the, the fishing rod. You know, you've got to keep reeling them in, let them loose a little bit, reel them in, let them loose a little bit. Um, a lot of people will have this kind of, oh, I'm feeling fat. I want to get a personal trainer. So I'll go and look for one, contact them, but then they get cold feet afterwards. Mm -hmm. So you've got to kind of keep reminding them of what they're trying to get from this. What, you know, what, why, why did you first reach out? And then obviously once you've met them, then you've got to make your sale and make sure it's what they're looking for. So yeah, marketing is, is definitely hard. It is hard when you're self-employed. It is hard when you're private. Um, mm -hmm. But it's definitely, you've got to do the, the graph work. You've got to do the footwork. Um, promoting in shopping centers has been a, a helpful one. If you can find a shopping center that doesn't have a gym, then they'll let you promote there over a weekend. Uh, leafleting, business cards, posters where you can put them up. Uh, social contact, you know, make contacts with local areas where you can promote either for free or for a small fee. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, just definitely making sure you keep following up. That, that's been one yeah. of the main ones. As soon as I have some of the details, I'll follow up with them every couple of days. Yeah, I always like to say that uh, the fortune is in the follow-up. Yes. Follow-up with people. And you know, that's something that people do actually, at the end of the day, they really appreciate it. Even if, you know, it may seem like they're ghosting you. They're getting your messages. Um, yeah, yeah, ghosting ghosting is a big part of our business. You have to accept it. People are people don't always treat you like a real person. You know, they they you they contact you, you send a friendly message back. Um, you know, even if you've got a message that you send as a generic message, and yes, I know that's something we don't always talk about, but generic messaging, but changing someone's name at the top is a mm -hmm. very quick way of getting all the information to them making it look very professional and then you get personal and more detailed with them after they've come back to you because yeah. i get contacted but i mean i get about 20 people a week probably interested but i'll only get maybe five or six through the door 
you know yeah, we always that, gotta make sure that you're accounting from that accounting for that because even if somebody's interested it doesn't always mean that they'll show up even if they do schedule that doesn't always necessarily mean that they are actually going to come to their appointment so 100 i think a lot of people as well i i think uh, one thing that a lot of personal trainers do i remember when i was working at a gym the gym decided the gym manager decided that all the personal trainers were going to give away a free consultation um and now if you're working in a gym that's fine you know you're getting paid that hour and you get to sit and talk to a potential client great but when you're private you might see 10 people a week and if you offer free consultations all the time at the times that they really want to see you that kind of says that you're not that busy you know almost seems a little bit um uh um it almost seems a little bit like you're you know desperate for clients and you don't want that you know you don't you want to come across as somebody who is not always available not exactly at the times they need and then they think wow this person must be really good if they're not available um, at the optimal times yeah if you're available on a tuesday and thursday at 7 p.m you may not be that good yeah so um let's kind of talk about about the future and what that what that is looking like for you guys so are you looking to grow like what are some of the future goals that you're working towards i think that when we are trying to think about the future it's about obviously it's about sustainability um it's about some level of growth i mean i go through different stages where i have more and I have less clients um one lesson i really learned about uh, doing the best you can and continuing to do the best you can was definitely when you're doing your best that's when you work your hardest you got to work like you're doing your worst and that way you never kind of drop too low you know everybody's going to have their set amount of people they want to have per week and their amount of clients they want to have per week but if you're always working on a premise of 25 and you drop down to 15 you're going to be stressed about that but if you've got 25 and you're working like you've got 15, then you're always going to stay above that 25. So sustainability for the future, um, I think it's really about making sure that we're constantly taking what works and losing what doesn't. I believe Bruce Lee said something like that. Okay, use what use anything that works, or it might have been Van Damme and Bloodsport, one of the two. <laughs> but use anything that works and lose what doesn't. Um, you know, sometimes you will really enjoy something, but maybe it doesn't quite work for the client. Um, maybe, you know, you think that strength training is the best thing that they can do, but maybe they just don't want to do strength training. They just don't want to go to a gym. And if you don't have the availability not to go to a gym, that's your only option. If you can option, if you can offer various options to fit all different people and their lifestyles, that still can be effective, then that is a good future. That's what we do. We offer one-to-one, two-to-one, uh, group training in person at our studio, um, online training or Zoom training. And I do want to talk about online training, by the way, uh, and coaching. Um, and so there's a real variety and a way for people to maybe start off with one type of training and then work their way to others. And that's something that I think is good for the future. So, you know, you get a format that's worked time after time after time you don't want to pull apart that format if it's working keep using it if it's not 
you got to try something different. You got to take a few risks here and there. Um, for the best kind of future, definitely, I would say my my goal is to consistently make sure I'm working my hardest at when I'm doing my best, and that's how I've stayed um, for the last 15 years. I've stayed uh, uh, doing this at a level that I, I can have a comfortable life, I can enjoy my life, I can have days off during the week, um, and I ha still have enough clients to sustain uh, my business. Gotcha. Okay, so like it sounds like sustainability is really like a, something that's important to you. Um, but could you kind of elaborate, like, what is that? What does sustainability sustainability look like for your business? Does that look like getting more clients a month? Or does that look like making sure you're doing a great job of keeping the clients that you have now so that they stay for a very, very long time. So I think what you need to do to be able to be sustainable is to uh, reverse budget. So what you do is instead of looking at, um, you know, I want to have this many clients, you actually have to go backwards on it. You have to say, okay, how much, and it does come down to money when it, you know, when it comes down to having a certain lifestyle. So, how much money do I want to earn? How many hours of the week am I, am I willing to do? How am I going to split up those hours? And, and do remember, it's so, so important that we don't work seven days a week. You're still going to, if you're self-employed, you're going to be using your phone. You're going to be using your iPad. You, you know, you're going to literally find yourself like day walking onto your phone and, and messaging clients or then messaging you. But you've got to try and have those days off to have um that sustainability you've got to have those days off you've got to know your hours and what you're going to do and then divide up those hours into how much you need to charge to be able to achieve that level for example um when i started out i was doing a one-to-one -one, and i end up working a 40 50 hour week and i'm working like six days a week and i'm thinking like i can't sustain this and make more money i i'm maxed out and so one day I'm, I'm at my gym and, and, and a, a good friend of mine turns to me and says, so this, this person I know does groups. And I went, huh, it's lower cost. It's the same training as one-to-one. -one. It's just it's with a group of say four or five people. And I tried it. I reduced the cost of the sessions, same length, more people in the session. Huh. There we go. And I can then put those in the optimal times that people really want those sessions. So you max out those sessions. People don't want to be in a session of 20, 30 people and still be char you know, charged uh, you know, a lot of money. But people, a lot of people are very happy to be in a group of four people, especially when you have your own studio, because instead of going to a big commercial gym, they can then you know, they're working in a smaller group of beginners, intermediate level people. Um, we run advanced sessions as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I think what, what it's all about is, is making sure that you offer what different flexible ways for the clients to get the best out of your journey. And you mentioned about um, having clients stay, you know, having clients continue. And I've, you know, I've worked with a lot of different personal trainers and I've spoken with a lot of different personal trainers. And I had one personal trainer once say to me, I said to him, what do you do about keeping your clients? And he said, well, they'll only leave when my quality drops. And I just, that 
no, that doesn't compute to me because I can offer the best service possible. And still people will be like, oh, well, I've got kids, I've got a job, I've got this, I've got that. And it sounds like I'm putting the clients down, but in truth, it's where their priorities have laid for a very long time. It's why they've got out of shape because their priority has come off them. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, what I found is, is one of the best ways to do it is to give people a discount on a longer term uh, membership. So instead of them, because I mean, think about it, right? If a person wants to get in shape, let's say they want to lose two or three stone. And when I, when I, and when I talk about um, weight, it's not all about weight. But it's an easy way for most beginners to understand, oh, I can achieve this. I'll lose weight. And we often confuse weight and fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you probably know this one already. You know, when people talk yeah. about this, you know, you know, we want to lose fat. We don't want to lose muscle. But most people just think of the weighing scales going down. So my point being is you say to a client, okay, so it's going to take you six months minimum to achieve what you're talking about. Now, you can go to a personal trainer. And this is not putting down people who do pay as you go, but you can be charged, you know, 50, 60 pounds a session. Um, that's like 60, $70, something like that. Um, per session, twice a week, four week month, that's like 400 pounds, $500, something like that, ballpark. Um, and uh, I believe ballpark's American terminology. Um, and then that person's going to spend $500 or, or 400 pounds a month for the next six months. And they go, Oh no, I can't afford that. And so what I say to them is, well, if you are willing to commit to six months, which is what you're going to need to do to get what you want to get, out, then I can give you a good discount because they're going to commit because they're going to stick to it because they're going to follow it through. And then maybe I'll start them with some one-to-one. Then I'll move them into group. And then eventually they'll move to coaching. And each one gets slightly less cost. And this way you get that continuation. You get that, um, you don't get that four weeks in, oh, I'm sore, this is hard. I'm not sure I want to do it anymore. I'm not losing weight as fast as I wanted. Because it takes time and it takes practice to get what you want out of this journey. So I think that's that's what I think a lot of personal trainers have wrong. You know, they're unless they're working for somewhere and getting an income and it's just extra money for them. Yeah. I think to get a client from where they want it, where they are to where they want to be, you need to be sometimes a little bit more honest up front and say, it's gonna take you this long. And if they're not willing to commit to six months, then Maybe they're not as serious as they thought. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that we would be, sometimes you can do a a person a disservice if you don't ask them to commit to their health and fitness goals. So I really like that part that you brought up. But this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, Nick, where can we find you? Um, Well, I want to say thank you very much to Jim Laws and and to yourself. It's been an awesome opportunity. Uh, Guys, you can find... Uh, myself, Nick and Matt, uh, on our website, nnpersonaltraining.co.uk. And uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, under nnpersonaltraining.co.uk. Please make sure to include the .co.uk at the end, guys. And if I can give a small shout out as well to beautybynatalia.co.uk, guys. 
Uh, if you're in the UK and you're in the Hampshire area, come and check her out. She'll do some amazing stuff for you. All righty. Well, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate your time and your contribution to the podcast and looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lawrence Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us is Mr. Jim Gordon of Body Success Fitness, coming to you currently from Bangor over in the UK. And I say currently because it sounds like there's some big plans for expansion in the future, Jim, but I don't want to steal your thunder or, or paint on your canvas. Before we get into the the business conversation and what you guys do from a day-to-day to grow this whole thing. Give our listeners some context first. Body Success Fitness, what is this business? How do you describe what you do? Yeah, we're a small group training facility for women. So our average age would be, I would say, 45 plus. So it's more, we're, we're looking into the menopause side of it, which is not looked at deeply enough. Uh, sort of, these ladies are forgot about and we want to take up that side of it and help people along with their fat loss journey, uh, feeling good, getting stronger, especially as we get older with osteoporosis and stuff. We want to get people stronger and feeling better about themselves. Yeah. And so this is needed, right? This type of service more than ever coming post pandemic is really, really important. The demographic being a majority women, like you mentioned, 40, 50 plus, this is a necessary and valuable service for these types of people. We'll get into the, the marketing and the sales component here in a minute, Jim, but I want to reverse and rewind a little bit to how the whole thing got started. Tell me not necessarily about the day that the doors opened on the first location. Tell me about the moment the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up a studio like this. What was going on for you? And what was the catalyst for all of this? It actually came about through frustration, believe it or not. Uh, I was working in a global gym. So a franchise kind of gym, big, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Industrial uh, gym setup. Like a commercialized Uh, setup, sure. And we were, so, it was where I was taking female clients and trying to take them into the weights area and you had guys smashing weights or sweating over things and not wiping them down. And it's just it very intimidating. And I started getting busier and busier. And we got to the stage where, you know, yes, I was training 
we got them comfortable to go into weights area, but when I wasn't there, they wouldn't go in. And mm. we just, we were treading water a lot of the time. And then we said to the management, look, can we get an area for women only where they can go into weights? And it was just, no, this is the way it's run, like it or leave it. So I turned around and was like, yeah, we'll leave. So pretty much that afternoon, I went on to the internet, started looking up uh, premises in around the Bangor area. That afternoon, spotted one place, went down, had a look at it and put a deposit on that day. So <laughs> within three months- So things moved it, quickly uh, from there. Yeah, it was just one of those ones, you know, when you're frustrated and you're not getting anywhere and nobody's helping and you're just like, right, that's it. I've had enough. So yeah, maxed, uh, out, maxed out a few credit cards and we're just- <laughs> So I've heard that story in, in many, many variations. I've heard that story time and time again on the podcast. Uh, we, I was doing training or, or coaching in some capacity for someone else. Somehow the idea popped into my head. I can do it better. I grabbed a, a pot of coffee and a credit card and I got to work. And, and so here we are, right? Uh, more than five years later and multiple locations now three total locations so far yeah. am i correct three locations so far yes so things have certainly grown from the early days of maxed out credit cards and and trying to find a commercial space same day at yeah. least to zoom out on this jim five years so far what's been your favorite part about operating this business and what's been the most challenging part about operating this business the favorite part has been able to develop the gym into that there what's i'm looking for friendly environment where people feel comfortable coming in they're seeing results but it's not pushed uh, our whole thing is we don't do before and after photos for the simple reason is the person you were before wasn't a bad person where people mm -hmm. suit us. And it's almost like you're running that person down of who they were before. They just might've been in a bad place. And what we want to do is celebrate their success. So we only take the photo of where they're at now and how they're progressing, you know? So for us, it's all about that feel good factor and building people's confidence up from that there, the fat loss comes from that there, the strength comes and the consistency comes. And that's how we see our win on that front. Okay. So that's been the best part of this. Flip that on its head. What's been the toughest part for you as a business owner? Oh, learning all about the accountancy side of things, business running, pay skills, uh, VAT, income tax, all that side of it, which you never looked at before. All of a sudden, there's so many outgoings that you didn't realize were happening. So, mm. you know, taking on staff and then you've got to pay pay by E for staff then you've got to pay no box yep. on top of that and you're going like Jesus <laughs> it's uh it's unfortunate but another common theme that we hear on this show is especially for somebody coming from a background of being a trainer suddenly when I opened up my own business there were far far more skills that I had to develop and I would venture to guess that now you probably learned a thing or two more than day one, five years or so ago. Absolutely. I would hope so. I've got my accountant and I got, uh, I took a week off work and she sat and ran me through everything for a week. So I 
got to learn all you got boot camped <laughs> exactly <laughs> but it made, what i done was it let me see okay this is where this goes and this is why and no i still no have my accountant do everything but i'm able to understand what they're doing why they're doing it and mm. uh, how it all fits into place yeah necessary skills for someone in our industry and it shows i mean growing from one location to three in five years time is meaningful jim something must be going right for you guys throughout yeah. a pandemic to be able to expand right well that's the thing we came out of the pandemic uh in what 2021 uh, and different parts of the world i yeah. suppose have different interpretations but... in when was it 2020 yeah 2021 yeah. lockdowns for you were a little bit more harsh even here than in the states yeah we opened up again in july 2021 on 32 clients yeah and we're now on 260 you know between the three or between yeah between the three okay the three. Uh, yeah. I'd say it's all small group training so it's just we and at the moment our target is to build that up uh again We've only just opened up our other facility there in August of this year. Oh, so, okay. fairly new. <laughs> yeah, so it's building up on top of that there. But yeah. so far, so good. And our target is to hit uh, 350 between the three clubs by April here, which we are online to do. So Good. 350 by April. I want to pick your brain on how we've made that happen. So many people tune into this show to figure out what's working for other gym owners to get some people in through the doors for you guys in the UK, at least what's been, what's been successful and what's been not successful from a marketing front. If not successful is newspapers and leaflet drops. We've learned that very quickly. We got, got absolutely not that there. Yep. We, we pretty much only started using Facebook and Instagram this year, believe it or not. Okay everything we else done was as uh, a platform entirely or as an advertising platform uh, as an advertising platform uh, everything else we pretty much done was through word of mouth mm -hmm. we built the business through word of mouth and then we've just been delving into the facebook instagram side of it we've got better and better at it and now we've brought in another marketing company to help us out with that side of it because we've uh -huh. just it's just getting you know you're spending half your day on it now. No, putting in it can be a, it can be cumbersome on yeah. all automations. And it, it's again, it's something where, okay, I can hand that out to somebody else and then we can sit there and work in the background with it. What's your experience been working with a marketing agency like that? That's sort of a, a hot topic here in the United States. And there's no shortage. And I'm sure the same thing in the UK, there's no shortage of companies that'll promise you a thousand leads overnight, 500 leads by next week, X, Y, and Z. What's your experience been so far? Well, we, we would, we contacted a few of them and the one we got back to was the one who didn't put the hard sale on us. Uh -huh. uh, okay. They were turning around. Look, this is what we do. If it's for you, fantastic. If not, you know, no problem at all. All the other ones were bump, 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 contacted the next day, emails, emails, emails. These guys were like, look, this is what we do. We're good at it. If it's for you, fantastic. Look, come and give us a trial. We'll do it at half price for the first month. If that works for you, we'll keep it on. And I'm going like, okay, that's the kind of people I like to work with because that's the way I, I would train people is, look, let's give it a try for a month. If it's for you, fantastic. If not, no problem at all. 
And so far, we've been with them here uh, two weeks, just getting everything set up at the back end, and it's been a great experience. Yeah. So this was fairly recent, so maybe results to be determined, but optimistic so far. And I think one thing that you said there that I, I really, really appreciated was that we specifically went with them because we weren't hard sold. I have a theory in sales philosophy, if you will, that we buy how we sell and we sell how we buy. For you guys, I would venture to guess, and we haven't talked about your sales process at all yet, but I would venture to guess that your sales process is also <laughs> probably not a hard sell, probably not a high pressure environment. And that the reason I guess that is because that's how you buy, right? Yeah. You as a buyer wanted this experience. We're going to provide that experience on the back end when we have the power in our core, right? Absolutely. We want it to coincide with what we do. And we just felt it was a good fit. So uh, exactly what you said, the way we sell our product is, look, come in, try it out. We'll take you through the whole process. We'll sit you down, do like a, a little life coaching session with you, movement screening. And then we have like a process as you go along. So we touch base with you pretty much every day on a WhatsApp group as well. And mm. uh, then at the end of those four weeks, if you want to sign up, absolutely fantastic. We'll set you up. We do a six-month contract, and then after that's a rolling contract. If it's not for you, no harm, no file. You've got a three-month training. Yeah. Uh, by following that process, we have a ninety-two, no, sorry, ninety-four percent sign-up rate. Converting ninety-four percent of yeah. those trials to members. That's hard to argue with. It's hard to exactly. it's hard to poke holes in success here, Jim. Uh, so that, I, I find my role here is a lot of the time to play devil's advocate, but ninety four percent is extraordinary in our industry. And again, we had the same argument with the marketing company when we went with them. They're going like, "There's no way." And then we showed them the sales that we were doing on Facebook uh, for our last campaign. We had like twenty eight trials. We got. 16 of them booked in we got 15 of them signed up we'll take that every single day so exactly uh, the sales process is working beyond that in your type of a model the the real demonstrable success marker is probably going to be in retention you mentioned six month rolling contract but from a a focus standpoint, where are you guys, what, what is front of mind in terms of making sure that these members stay long-term? Yeah, we try to do like little uh, in-house competitions. Uh, we set up a buddy scheme when they join up. So when they come in, we try to get them set up with somebody who's a long-term member. So they get that comfortable feeling of coming in and having that person who's been there and done it. Uh, our staff members were uh, two of our staff members are ex clients, uh, so they've lost. Uh, one of the girls, Jillian's lost two and a half stone. She and we we tell her story because when she first came in, she joined with a friend and then sat out in the car park crying because she didn't want to come in her, on her own because her friend wasn't there. I had a conversation mm. with her, brought her into the office. We had a little chat, and I goes, "Look, be consistent with yourself here for the next month on your trial." Um, we'll see where we're at from there. Two years later, she's a staff member. 
three stone down and you know it lets people see okay she's been on that journey i've actually been through that path and there's plenty of conviction for sure yeah, there's, there's a lot of empathy there as well because she can understand what they're going through because she's yep. been there now. yeah i find and, and staffing is a conversation that you and i could go down a rabbit hole of hours and hours and hours so we'll have to save that one for another time but i find that a lot of businesses like this find their best staff their best employees from membership in the first place it's yeah. the most bought in type person we can find and so we're we're demonstrating it sounds like results are the biggest factor in your retention and in our conversation so far as we kind of zoom out on all of this has essentially been how do we get leads how do we turn them into members how do we keep them long term for you as a business moving forward we have three locations we're looking to expand where in that client journey do you think that there's room for improvement uh our main role of improvement is making sure we we're keeping that contact uh for somebody who's been a long-term member you know we don't want to forget about them we mm. don't want to turn around and go like oh they're just focusing on the new members uh so we try to put on like an event every four months so we'd have like a and you know yes we're a health and fitness business but we also we have to deal with real life so what we do is like a gin testing night some nights so it's a way night out and we have like a gin testing program uh night where girls have a bit of fun go out relax uh we have our christmas dinner here uh tomorrow uh, so we have a big party for that and have all the clubs combine so it's a bit of fun and then as I say over the 12 week period so while we're going along we do a 500 pounds uh, competition and we get our members to choose the winners so we pick out the top 10 and the members choose who they feel have done the best rather than it being left down to us and then people are turning around so it's almost like a what would you say uh america's got talent or britain's got talent we, we, we <laughs> sure. get 50 percent of the vote and the members get 50 percent of the vote yeah and from there you know somebody wins 500 pounds every 12 months so it's not or every 12 weeks so it's not just us coming out with things we're paying this is enticing yeah. yeah we'll pay you to get results so it sort of keeps people motivated that wee bit more where before like, oh, i can't be bothered coming in you're going like oh there's 500 pounds on the line here if i keep going you know mm -hmm. It's enough for me to stay motivated, that's for sure. And so, Jim, we haven't quite touched on it. You and I talked about it before the recording, but as this business moves forward now, what's the goal here? We've been doing this for five years. Five years from now, where do you want to see this whole thing? Yeah, well, at the moment, we're in the process of getting it franchised. So we've got the three clubs already with three franchisees ready to go. Uh, so from there, what I want to do is help the guys and girls get set up for six months, making sure everybody, everything's running right, the systems are running right, and then we're looking to franchise it out across the UK and further. It's an exciting conversation to have and becomes a completely different focus from a business perspective, but we still have to have eyes on each individual location. Do you anticipate still holding ownership 
in any of these, or do you think that you'll exclusively shift to the franchise model? I'll exclusively shift to the franchise model because you could, literally you'd be dabbling in one area or the other. For me, I'm like, you've got to go all or nothing with this. So I've got to give it all in the franchise. And for me, it's always about win-win. You know, I'll take a percentage of the business and like a couple of the staff that are taking it on, it's a win for them. They get to own their own gym. They're guaranteed the business set up for them there. And, you know, everybody wins. They're turning around and going like, look, I have a better quality of life now. I'm going to be pushing this a lot harder. I'll help them run through the backdoor side of it of, you know, how to do the sales, how to get them set up, you know, building their business in that front. And for me, I'm always about that win-win where we see staff are happy, the owners are happy, you know, and if they're happy, then I'm making money in the background because I'm taking a percentage of the franchise. So everybody wins. Everybody wins. And so the sky is the limit here, Jim. Is there a number in your mind? Hey, I want to get to X amount of locations. Do we have any of those kind of thoughts kicking around? Yeah, well, we're talking around about that 15 to 25 mark, you know, in the next five years. Yeah. And, you know, for us, we see our side of the business as a growing business rather than being stagnant because, you know, our whole thing is ladies 40 plus. It's mm -hmm. where it's not about turning around trying to get in that bikini model shape. It's turning around and feeling good about ourselves, feeling confident about ourselves. We're not worried about if you're running about with a six pack or sitting there, you know, in a photo shoot in the gym. That's not what we're looking for. We're just turning around trying to get people fitter, stronger and building that little family for them as well, where you've got that confidence, you have lost that bit of weight and you feel good going on holiday rather than I'm trying to get semi-starved myself here for a photo shoot you know yeah it's it becomes a a positive thing for the industry i think after two plus years of withdrawing as an industry things are shifting more i would venture to say towards your sort of semi-private small group model but people are willing to invest in their fitness now, Jim. This is a this is an exciting time to be a part of the industry. So yeah, and that's um, just it's it's people looking to look at their lifestyle rather than just I'm trying to get in shape for a holiday. They're looking right. long term, and that's what we are designed in a roundabout is that long term process. Now there's what fifteen of my clients I've had for the last fifteen years are still training with me. And there's two ladies there at 65 and 66, and they're still training four days a week, training away as strong as ever. And, you know, that's what I'm looking at. Their whole thing is it's not about weight loss. It's about being able to play with their grandkids, not having aches and pains when they wake up in the morning. No, that's that's our long-term goal for people. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's fun because fitness is, of course, it's a business. You talk about generating profit and win-win for the, the franchisee and the franchisor, but there's these noble intentions of these end goals that you just mentioned, being able to play with your grandkids, being able to, to do whatever it is that you want to do. That provides an extra layer of value to all of this. So it's a perfect place for us to wrap our conversation up, Jim. In the small bit of time that we have left, why don't you tell our listeners where they can learn more about body success? What's the best website? What's the best social media? How can people find you? 
Yeah, if you go onto our website, which is www.bodysuccessfitness.co.uk, uh, you'll see about us there. Also, we have our Facebook page, which is just Body Success. Uh, we've we try to put up something every couple of days, <laughs> keeping on top of things. But again, it's one of those ones we haven't done recently, and this is why we're bringing the marketing company in to help yeah. us out side of things. Yeah. Well. Now we're going to hold you and the company accountable. Everybody listening, connect with holding Jim. My, holding my feet to the fire in this one now. <laughs> That's it. Keep connected with the body success team. Jim, this has been tremendous, man. I really appreciate anybody willing to come on and, and work through the diagnostics of their business and, and talk about what's worked and what hasn't. I'm excited to see the future for you because it sounds like you guys still have a lot of cards to be played. So We'll check in with you again in the future for today. We're shy on time, but I thank you and I wish you nothing but the best. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show, on the show is Ken from I Am Fit out of Kingwood, West Virginia. Welcome to the show, Ken. How are you today? I'm doing well, Hannah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait to dive into the business and everything that you have going on. Um, But before we do that, tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Well, you know, the gym business for us started about two and a half years ago. And it'd been several years of us kicking it around, uh, speaking my wife and myself. And, you know, we just felt like it was the right opportunity, the right time. We're in a really small town. And we had a lot of people saying, this isn't going to work. You can't do this. And it's been phenomenal. That's amazing. What's your background with fitness? Have you always been like a fitness person? I was an athlete in high school. No, you know, I really wasn't. I I wasn't a gym rat. I was an athlete in high school. And back in the 80s, I'm dating myself here. Back in the 80s, um, when I was in school, you know, athletes really didn't have much of a weight training program. We did a little, we had a little corner, you know, we had some equipment, but it wasn't an emphasis. And, you know, I did a little bit at home. And, but over the years, you know, I kind of laid off and got out of athletics. And I just eventually got back into it and loved it. And I thought, you know what? I need to share. I opened a big, uh, I, 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 
made a big home gym at my house in my garage and it was nice. I was like, I can do this. And so we decided to go for it and in our little community. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a great testament there. Um, and then tell us about the gym itself. So how do you describe I am fit to someone who's new to the gym? What's like your elevator pitch for the gym? I am fit is very unique. Uh, we're very goal we're personal oriented. We're very um, customer oriented. So when someone comes in our gym, um, we have a small staff, we have a small gym, it's a small gym, it's 5000 square feet. So it's not a huge gym. But but when people come in, we naturally make them feel wanted and welcomed. And we have a lot of we offer a lot of free stuff, personal training and things like that. So, so we're kind of unique in that sense. We have a little, we have a, we have a program called it. You're worth it. And it's a personal training program and it's an exceptional value. It's like $199 for three months includes your gym membership. Yeah. It's a, and we spend so much time and people are like, why are you doing this? It's because we want you to become a gym member for life. And so we, we've taken this You're Worth It program and made it the core of our business. And we have a lot of members that do this. And, and it takes a lot of time. And you've got to really commit to that. And you can't count the hours and you can't count your time. You just got to do it. And you've got to remember, you're making, and it has been phenomenal. It's been an, about an 80% um, renewal rate in that program. Nice. Yeah, that's a great value there. One ninety nine, oh. including the membership. Yeah, it's a no, it's not a money maker for us, but it, it's a value for the the members, and it becomes, uh, they become members. Like I said, they just keep renewing, even if they don't continue the program. But then they bring friends and family, and so we've got to remember in the fitness industry, you've got to quit thinking about hours and my time, and I'm going to charge so much per hour. And you've got to create lifelong members in your gym, as which and family members. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really important. Speaking to retention, there keeping people long term. Yes. You don't want people who are going to come in for a month and leave, and you and want to create. Yeah, that's what a lot of people do because they get frustrated. They don't know what to do. They bounce from machine to machine. They don't have a direction. So we take a little extra, a lot of extra time with these people. And it's not a moneymaker at the beginning for us. It's not profitable, but it, it, it turns into profit for us. Gotcha. Okay, so let's go back to that. How many members total do you have in the gym right now? We have 300. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is 300 somewhere like you're comfortable staying? Are you looking to grow in that aspect? Tell me about your, your membership. Um, you know, for us and, and the, and the, and the overhead that we, we, we have here in our community, it's very profitable. I mean, it's really good for us. Um, no, you know, I don't think we could handle 500 members, 600 members. And, and for most gyms, 300 members is kind of a small number, but for us, it works. And that's where we, that's, Actually, when we did the demographics and we did the research, that's where we wanted to be. We didn't really think we would even get there um, because it's a it's you know it's a small community. So, but we were absolutely there and sometimes above. Yeah, how did you get there? Tell me about that. What's been like your marketing technique? How do you get people in the door? The the most important thing we did we took some advice from gym owners and. Um, uh, but we we had one one guy tell us, look, you need to have a pre-sale before you even open the gym. And and we were like, wow, that's kind of tough, you know. So he said, no, you don't have, need equipment in your building. Just have a pre-sale, you know, and call it a heritage program. 
And that was the most important thing we did. We started this heritage program. So it was open to the first members. So we offered them free t-shirts, you know, said heritage member, I am fit. Um, we gave them a special lifetime rate nice. of $25 per month, which was insane. So, um, and we had a great response and that started the buzz for us when we first opened, we had an empty building. We just had a desk and a, you know, we were just, we were selling promises at that time and it, it but it was really, it was outstanding. So we, we got a lot, we, that was our big push. Gotcha. I don't think I asked you what year did you open? We opened, oh, it's two and a half years ago. So 2019, right? Yep. yep. Okay, tell me about 2020. You open the doors in 2019, you get a great response. What happens when the pandemic comes? Did you have to close for a little while? How'd you, how'd you get through that time? We did. We closed for about three weeks and then we opened up. Um, uh, well, it may, it may have been a little longer than that. Um, the, 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 county, the county here said, you know, we can do this. We can, uh, we can keep you guys. Let's see what you're doing. Let's see your plan to stay safe. And we did. We followed all the guidelines, had great response there. And here's the thing, Hannah, with <laughs> this is the amazing thing. And this is maybe just a small town thing, but I don't know. I think you can create that community in any gym. Um, yeah. Our members, not, we had three cancellations. <laughs> okay. You're not allowed to come in the gym. And they kept paying. So, and I'm saying three weeks. I think I'm off on that. I think it was. I think it was months. Now that I think about, I'm thinking of my other business. We were three weeks. So we were months out. And, um, but you know, our members, they just kept, they kept paying, and they kept. They said no. We won't. And we reached out to them. We said, you know, if you guys don't want to do this, they said no. We don't want you to close. We value your business. And it was the relationship we created with them through the love and fellowship we had with them uh, and the concern, they were like, you're good people. We're going to, we're going to support you. So yeah, I was off on the three week thing. It was, it was a lot longer than that. It was three months. So, but they kept, but our members kept paying. That's how we got through. And then we opened back up um, with great response and we had so much new members, so many new members. Right. Okay. Good. Um, yeah, that's time has been an illusion since 2020. I feel like three weeks. Our furniture, we have a furniture business and we closed out for three weeks and reopened. That's what I was reverting to. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. So tell me about, you know, your presence online. Do you have a social media presence, a website? Do you use any like online tools or is it mostly? Yeah, we do. We do a simple website. That's very inexpensive. Um, you know, in evaluating this and we do, we do Google maps and Google, you know, Google, Google my business and all that. But, you know, we really didn't want to get aggressive and we don't really need to in our area because we're kind of like the only game in town. There's, there's another gym right down the road. So if someone searches, they'll find us. Um, but we do have a nice website. It's, it's, I am fit. Um, PC.com is the address there. So. Perfect. Okay. So you started with those heritage members, like your founding members. Um, how many founding members did you start with? Like before you even opened we the cut it off, we said, we're going to allow 50 new. Now that was where, and that was the key that we started. In fact, we had a guy that was helping us start the gym. He said, this is a horrible idea. And we were like, no, this is a great idea. And it worked. So we start, we said 50 members. So we had the t-shirts ready and we had to actually say, Hey, to some people, it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. So we opened the doors early in the morning 
don't know what to expect. We're new into this and we're like very nervous, big expense. You know, we have equipment coming. We had some equipment placed already just to show people the idea. But we, what we did was we already had the, the building was already uh, built out. So it was already painted the insides. It was already, and so people kind of look around and see, Hey, this is pretty nice. So we did a really good job of walking people through the gym and hey over here we're going to have treadmills they're not here yet but we're going to have so we did a good job and kind of when we had a few pieces just to show them what we were about and it really was so yeah 50 members we just cut it off we said you know what we're gonna allow the first 50 members and we made a we made a plaque we put on the wall it's there today heritage members so there's people that, yeah, there's people that join the gym can come in and see their name on the plaque. And yeah, it was a good deal. It was, it was a good idea and it wasn't our idea. Um, but yeah, we use, it was Jim Thomas, actually his idea that, uh, from Jim Bill. So how, so. how did you get from 50 to then 300? What was the method for continuing to grow after that initial offer? Uh, um, you know, at first it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't, you know, like crazy, like everybody wanted the gym. At first, it was a little bit of a struggle, actually, after we've done the heritage. But we just, the word got around. We did some advertising, but we didn't go crazy with the advertising. We did some radio stuff, which had been effective. Um, we did, um, but most of it was just word of mouth and hard work. I mean, we just really, <laughs> we really spent the time with people. And, you know, mom would tell her sister and cousins and then those <laughs> brothers and everybody just kind of talked and say, Hey, we need to get part of this. This is exciting. And we didn't really do any lot of group fitness stuff, but we just kind of cared for people. And I think that's the bottom line. If people can feel welcome and we, you know, on our computer, when someone walks in the gym, you know, how hard it is to remember everyone's name all the time. But when someone walks in the gym, we'll pull up their name on, Hey, John, Good to see you. And John's like, wow, he knows my name. Yes. A little insincere, I know. But, you know, you want to you wanna call people by name. So we yeah. really emphasize that. Call, yeah. you know. So in our GAT system, of course, our check-in system, when they swipe their card, their name comes up. Mm -hmm. Picture of it comes up. And we say, hey, how's it going? So, they, you know, call people by name. Show them you care. And if, if you don't want people you can't study anything and you know you gotta love people care about yeah definitely i totally agree there so it sounds like you have a healthy amount of members um what's your goals going forward you mentioned to me you you had some different you know modalities that you wanted to add in where do you where do you want to see the gym in the next year or so uh, i would like to expand it you know i would like i said i'd like to start the youth performance you know training that we have we have a real lack here in our county of um you know the it's very competitive uh, conferences and sports that we're in uh, with the Morgantown, West Virginia area, the Clarksburg, the Fairmont, West Virginia areas. And we're kind of like a rural, you know, area that we don't get a lot. Of, you know, the kids got to travel quite a distance to weight train. And so we've got a vision for that, that we're going to create, you know, some some sort of and we do we do a personal we do a, a sports specific training programs now with softball. Uh, basketball, football, baseball. Well, we want to see. We want to expand that. That's our. That's our really our heart. And we want to expand our senior fitness. We've really shined with that through the You're Worth It program. Yeah, definitely. I like how you're 
adding in that sports performance aspect. I remember in high school, we'd have, you know, the football coach doing weight training, but he wasn't necessarily like well-versed on, on how to right. weight train. So yeah, there's definitely a lack of that in school. So I think definitely um, an outside service like this would be super crucial, especially in a big sports town. Um, but how, how do you plan to target like the parents of these athletes um, to get them into the classes and aware of the services that you offer? Well, we're working currently with some of the coaches um, at the local high school. So we're in a, like I said, we're in a smaller, our county is like 30,000 people. Uh, so we're in a small community. Um, the high school is consolidated. The, that's half the problem. It's kind of stretched out throughout. The, it's a, it's a large landmass county, but, uh, but the kids are kind of stretched out, but there's some things we can do and we're, we're planning on doing as far as busing to the facility and, and getting the coaches on board. And, you know, some high school coaches still believe they, they believe uh, weightlifting makes you bulky and slow. You know, you still have that you have to deal with. So most of them have, have grown up and realized that's not the case, but we're into a lot of uh, plyometrics a lot of explosive power where, you know, we don't need to create um, massive individuals at a high school level, but we can create their, we can increase their agility and their speed through plyometric training specifically. So we reach out to these parents, reaching out to the coaches and saying, Hey, let's get your kid better. Bring them into the gym. Yeah. After school, they can come down. And so we're, 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 it's, it's a little bit of a tough nut, but we're trying to crack that. Yeah, definitely. Have you considered doing any sort of like paid advertising or is there something holding you back from from dabbling in that aspect? We, we do some. We do we do a little bit. We do uh, a local channel, a local TV station here that hosts the um, the high school sports. We, we advertise on there regularly. So we have a nice video on there and it specifically says sports specific training for your high school athlete. And we've gotten a good response from it. Good. Um, do you use social media um, to advertise at all? We do. And, you know, Facebook has been phenomenal for us. And, you know, you don't really have to spend a lot of money on Facebook. You have to get people interested. So we highlight uh, members. So we have, a, we have a weight loss program we do. So we just notice people. It just takes effort. And you've got to say, you know, um, gee, I noticed John here has lost 20 pounds. Let's put it, let's do a, let's do a featured Facebook post on him. Mm -hmm. And it is phenomenal. I mean, it gets so much buzz and people see, I know him. Wow. I want to, I want that. I want to lose 20 pounds. So we do that regularly. Probably once a month, we'll post uh, a member profile and they, the members are wonderful. Very few say, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be on most of them. Oh, sure. Great. Yeah. We did recently had a girl, uh, her name's Briar, Briar, um, can't remember her last name. Ah. But she just competed in a national uh, body competition and won. And she started, she's lost like 100 pounds. And that I'll have to get, get, get to the Facebook post on that and give you the specifics. But, but she was a great testimony. We kind of highlighted her. Um, uh, so, yeah, we, we spent a lot of time. That's what we do with, faith, with social media. We really yeah. highlight our members. That's awesome. Have you promoted or considered promoting like your posts, like boosting them, putting money into advertising? We do. We do that. We do that occasionally. Uh, we don't do a lot of it. But we'll, we'll, we'll do like a $20 boost in some of the posts, especially something we're going to promote, like our weight, our weight loss, you know, competition, the biggest loser, we call it. But, 
<laughs> competition, we do that. So we'll boost that. Do you see a return from, from the boosting or is it? Uh, not so much, you know, I think really Facebook is organic. You know, you, I think you get more organically than you can, you know, putting a lot of money. I, you know, I just encourage folks not to do that. Don't put a lot, try to create your organic buzz, you know, even in big cities or, you know, bigger areas, you can, you can get a, a family involved and out of that family, you can get five, six, seven new members. I mean, and it happens all the time. So you know, that's the main thing that you need to do is organically grow your business. Definitely. Yeah. Do you think it's predictable, the word of mouth referrals that you get? Like, can you kind of like estimate per month, how many people are going to come in from that? Or do you find it like a little bit more unpredictable or like sporadic? Yeah, it's real hard. It's real hard to gauge that. You have to ask, how did you, how, and we do, how did you find out about this? How did you, and most people actually tell you right off the bat, they'll say, Hey, uh, my cousin's a member. I want to become a member. So yeah. So that's, um, that, that's, it's hard to gauge that, but you, you have to ask, how did you, how, how did you find out about us? No, totally, totally agree. Um, as far as, okay, now you have the leads through the door, you have members, how do you keep them long-term? How do you make them, make sure they're engaged and, and want to stick around? Um, interact with them, you know, I mean, show them you care, mm -hmm. ask them and remember things about them. I mean, you know, when you care about, if you don't care about people, I'm sorry, you're not going <laughs> to, you you're lost. I mean, you need to learn to care about people and, and love people. And, and so um, you, you learn to know people and, and even it doesn't matter, small town, big town, like I said, it doesn't matter, big city. Uh, you, that's your community, your gym. So in the middle of New York city, a gym has a community. That's a community. That's your people. And so you can, that you can make them your community. And what you have to do is you have to reach out to them and you have to show them you care. And sometimes it can be insincerely felt maybe from your heart, but at the same, same time, you, you, you start to gain a love and respect for those people. So reach out to them, show them you care. You'll still lose some of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I found that follow-up calls are not a good thing. We, we haven't had much success. For, so if someone drops out of the gym, we'll call them. Or, hey, we miss you at the gym. It's just, a lot of times they don't return your call. They don't want to talk to you. So we found that hasn't been successful, but to keep the ones that we can, we found that just it, daily interaction with in the gym. Hey, how's your mom doing? Remembering mom was in surgery, you know, or something like that. Uh, you know, or just, hey, how's your program going? Do you need help? Yeah, I do. I, I need to really, what can I do for my back? You know, the, I need to, so just asking people and, and interacting. And I've been to gyms, you know, members of gyms and um, member of gym. And, and it's just like you walk in the door and it's like they're mad. And they, it's like you're a bother to be there. So I think that's lacking in the gym industry as a whole. I mean, it's really lacking of a simple hi, how you doing? And, you know, it goes a long way. Definitely. Yeah. If you want people to stay long term, you have to make them feel comfortable and, and welcomed into the space. That way they'll, they'll want to return. Definitely. I totally agree there. Um, yeah. And that goes back to retail that works at the gym. That's everywhere. Just making people feel comfortable and welcomed um, in your space. Definitely. I love that. Um, then, okay. What would you say is like your biggest challenge that you face in the business now? If you had to pick from getting people in the door, selling them on a membership, 
keeping them long-term or increasing spend per member of those like business principles, which one do you feel like the gym could improve on most? Long-term keeping members long-term because as much as I talk about, we really focus on people. We lose lots of members and it's, it's not a fault of our own at all. And I have to say that it's, it's a matter of members. They get busy, they get frustrated. They don't see results fast enough. So we're constantly evaluating that, working on that and saying, how can we, how can we retain people and encourage them? So, um, yeah, that's the main thing. Um, so we've really, what we've done is we've really tried to focus on each new member, um, explaining to them what may happen in the future. And it may be a little bit of a negative thing, but we say, you know, in two or three months, you may want to quit the gym. Don't do that. And most of it comes from um, people miss them three weeks. Life happens. And they go, oh, what's the use? You know, I, I wasn't at the gym last week. I wasn't, what's the use? Well, there's a lot of use. I mean, if you come once a week, there it's a lot. So we try to explain that and try to work with people like that, that, that we can explain to them that, hey, look, don't get discouraged. And then we, like I said, we've been reaching out more and saying, noticing hey this person's just kind of bouncing from machine to machine let's help them let's work let's reach out and help them it takes time it takes effort but it's worth it yeah i think that's super important like setting the expectation when somebody like joins a gym for the first time or joins a new gym that's when their motivation is here and it's good to just set the expectation like hey in a couple months you're not going to want to come in and that's just like just do it you're gonna thank yourself yeah if you get past the hump it's an addiction you need yeah. that fix, you know, even though, you know, Hey, this is a painful day. I'm going to do stuff. I don't want to do. You have that addiction because you remember how it feels. So that's where we've had great success with that. Just person by person. And for larger gyms, I know it's a struggle to do that, but, um, but even for us, it's a struggle because we're, we're smaller staffed. We just have to make the effort to reach out to people and, and to reach out to our members and go over and talk to them. Don't be afraid. They want to hear from you, the owners, you know, they want, they want you to interact. They want to feel important as part of the gym. So interact with them. Go over and say, Hey, John, look at their name, know who they are. Call them by name is number one. Uh, how you doing? You, is your program, do you like the gym? You know, just get input from the customers. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's super important. Um, one more question before we go, what would be your biggest piece of advice to someone who wants to open a gym? Maybe something that you wish you would have known a few years ago before you opened your gym. Hmm. Well, you know, honestly, we made very few mistakes. <laughs> There's a couple things I wish we had done different. We did diligent research. I mean, we reached out, I, I hired a marketing company. Um, I spent, didn't spend a lot of money on it, but it's a small company that did demographics for us. That was very helpful. Um, I, I, I hired a consultant to sit with us for a session where I didn't listen and I didn't listen to everything because like, for instance, we have a smoothie bar. Every, everyone I talked to do not have a smoothie bar that you'll, you'll, you'll hate it. It was the best thing we ever did. And we call it thirst no more cafe and we're christian oriented so it was like thirst more thirst no more from the bible when jesus talked about 30 come to me you'll thirst no more so we have a thirst no more cafe um and uh, do we make money no we make no money on it but what we do create 
is again, people coming in, setting down, having a smoothie, ability to talk. It's a pain in the butt. And everyone was right. It's a pain in the butt. But it has created a lot of dividends for us as far as retaining members. And yeah. and we we do, we uh, sell the smoothie company is what we use. So awesome, by the way. So uh, what I'm getting at is, you know, don't listen to everyone. Trust your own instincts on some things. Try to balance it out. Do some research of your area. Location's important, you know, and and equipment. Oh, that's a whole nother, you know, thing of what to buy. We've made now there we made some errors. We made some errors on equipment purchases. We I wish we would have not done. <laughs> what, but what what equipment do you regret? I'm just curious. Uh, you know, we did a lot of refurbished stuff and it was great as far as, but if I had to again, I would not done refurbished treadmills and ellipticals i'd have done all brand new stuff there i'd have put the little extra money because we ended up paying we invested um not a huge amount in equipment but we ended up paying that off in the first year so i had we had time to spare to to buy better equipment and now you got it and you're kind of like do i really want to buy new now i think i want to so so yeah especially treadmills if i did refurbished again I would do totally refurbished and refurbished what we were doing. They really weren't refurbished. They were just cleaned up a little bit, but I would do, there's a company, there's a few companies that do totally refurbished uh, treadmills. Um, and we didn't want to go out and buy all brand new equipment. Now the strength training stuff, the select drive equipment we bought was awesome. You know, we got, we did all Cybex and there's very little go wrong. It looks modern. You know, we bought a lot of new stuff too. You know, we did some new stuff. So yeah, just I think get a lot of advice. Do your demographic research. Find out what your area is. Don't just think it's going to work. It's going to work because it's going to work. Find out, you know, what your market is. Definitely, absolutely agree there. Research, you know, good mentorship, ask questions, all that good stuff. Absolutely crucial. Um, Ken, thank you so much for taking time today to share all this insight with us. Where can we find you? What's your Facebook? What's your website? Okay, so we're on we're on the web at www.iamfitpc.com and the uh, Facebook page is I Am Fit Mind, Body, Soul and that's about what we do. Sweet, perfect. Everyone check out iamfitpc.com. Um, thank you, Ken, so much again for your contribution to the podcast today. Thank you to everybody who tuned in as well. If you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.